will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary. Uh huh. What's your favorite scary? The price is wrong, bitch. some quip you're dying to say. Oh, I don't have a quip. I've got nothing to say to you. Oh, come on. By the way, I should have an equal amount of security. This is insulting. You just can't help yourself. You betrayed me. You betrayed me. Oh, grow up. Grow up. You know, it occurred to me that you're not really the god of mischief. <clears throat> oh, here it comes. The folksy, dopey insult from the folksy dope. What am I, the god of self-sabotage, huh? The god of backstabbing? He's kind of an asshole and a bad friend. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week, uh, as usual, we're covering Loki, um, but we're doing it a little bit different for this episode, right, Leslie? Yes. Yeah, there. this episode was so, like, jam-packed with fun stuff, but, like, there's, there's, like, three main beats, and we both discussed before recording that like we didn't really want to go do our normal step-by-step uh process and we just wanted to talk about what we really enjoyed and how we felt about it so if you're expecting (laughs) one of our longer and in-depth uh reviews this probably won't be it for you but you're gonna get a whole lot of uh reactions i guess (laughs) to say (laughs) from us not to mention again we're double recording this week because even though this comes out later we will have a special we had a special episode for july 4th and uh we are also in our really 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 busy time at work oh yes uh so if you've listened to our captain america review um we will have said that that's going to be our last of the mcu franchise review until we reach our end of our peak season so So we recover (laughs) basically uh i i looked at 
my workload and it's going to be a lot of OT this week. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll come back with it and we will be continuing with Loki uh, at least uh, in the interim because we've got about two episodes left yeah, in the season. Two. Um, so that won't be as strenuous, but uh, without further ado, uh, yeah, this episode is bonkers uh, and bonkers <laughs> in a good way. And before we really dive into it, and this is uh, one of the reasons why we felt like we didn't want to go like beat by beat is uh, I feel like this has a lot of information for where the next two episodes are potentially going to go. And if we were to really like expound and over theorize, like it could potentially ruin uh, the the reveals for anyone else. So highly, highly, highly recommend. Please go watch the episode before listening to us uh, talk about it, yeah, because that's what we're kind abound. of. Yeah, we're going to kind of focus on some of those theories and and stuff that, yeah, we've mentioned them in the previous episodes, but we're kind of getting confirmation in some aspects of where things may go. Uh, so we just don't want anyone ruined by our geeking out and our love, love for not just this episode, but this series. Right. Uh, which again, like you might've thought we were souring on the MCU shows with Falcon and winter soldier, but Loki has been fantastic. Yes, it has. It's been amazing. This episode is really, really good. (laughs) This is like a perfect fourth episode for a six episode arc because yes it it hits the things that you need to hit it gets you like i'm ready to go it's like we're sitting at the top of the roller coaster and i'm ready to go down that hill for right episode five and six well remember our complaint with like falcon and winter soldier when we hit like episode three episode four it felt like they were just introducing new things and that they didn't know how they were going to end it yeah. whereas this feels like this has been building and building and building. And now we're getting the revelations, the answers that Loki wants, the answers we want, uh, the impact that this is going to have on the MCU in a greater. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's just so many things that are firing right for the show, which again, like from what I've seen from other reviewers is they don't particularly like this. And I don't understand why, like, this was their for, I'm going to say their name because they don't care. IGN. And I don't truly trust IGN's reviews all the times, but I do like to kind of look at and hear what they have to say. They hated this episode like they like just basically tore it apart, said it didn't do anything. It was too much exposition. It didn't. <laughs> it just and it was like I'm sitting there it going did and, so much. Right. And and the nice thing to see, because like I want to know if I'm crazy or, you know, if I'm just being biased and, and, um, got the blinders on just because I, I like Tom and I like what he does with the character, but like everyone in the comments are going, are you watching a completely different show? Right. <laughs> you know? Um, so like one of our, one of our things that we were left with last week was how are they going to get off Lamentus? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, we didn't get like a, a really good explanation to like how the TVA kind of hones in on them. Like we're given one. Yeah. But we, we don't aren't given enough. And I'm fine with that. 
right? Like, I mean, they created a super crazy Nexus event with like Loki falling in love with himself. Right. Because it was redlining like really fast, which brought it to their attention. But other than that, I mean, I, like for me, we just didn't get to see what they were doing with all of those other. That's um, my only like kind of yeah, tip. That's that's the only piece that I felt like we didn't get to really see them. But I just I forgive it because I'm I'm assuming like, well, everybody and their brother is out like, you know, pruning Cleaning those. It up. Yeah. While they're trying to figure out where the Lokis went or Loki and Sylvie went. And then they just kind of zone in on that, like, redlining really, really fast event, which was them falling in love with each other. At least Tom, Loki, falling in love with Sylvie. Right. And uh, I saw someone and, you know, it, they kind of made a good point. Like they're they're at the at the apocalypse. And so how if, you know, because what we've learned from the apocalypse is, is that if, uh, you know, even though they're there there's nothing that they can do in an apocalypse that would necessarily alter the timeline but there's something about that connection they well, were making when they were when they were standing there doing that i forget i think it was b15 who had said something and owen said something about because they have they already learned that right from loki right. when when owen was talking to um ravana and said he already found like breaking our security so somebody had asked something about even with the magnified whatever thing. So mm -hmm. they have already implemented a change to be able to detect things. Okay. It's, it's like a one line of dialogue when he's like, even with the magnified blah, 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 whatever it was. And when they're searching for them. So they've, they've already corrected for that. Right. Okay. That, that might've been a, a line of dialogue I missed. And, and one uh, other interesting aspect, because I know I have my theory out there that she's not exactly a Loki variant per se, um, in which we still haven't had any kind of reveal yet with Sylvie or her background, but we do get a little glimpse from her background. And what I thought was really interesting about this is this, it doesn't tell us anything. Like it just tells us her experience with the TVA. And it mm -hmm. also shows us a little bit of Ravana's background. Yeah. Um, being being the person that was meant to bring her to, you know, the TVA for judgment and then her escaping. Um, yeah, that's one of the questions I wrote down, too. Yeah. Because if Ravana used to be a hunter, how does how do promotions and stuff like that work in the TVA? Like, how do you yeah, I've moved my way up to be a judge? Does that mean she only had a number at first and then as she was promoted, she got a name like that's just like a whole give me a fan fiction on the side about how to promote you. How do you work your way up from hunter to judge? Right. Especially TVA. when you would when you would think like letting letting a variant go. Right. Wouldn't that negatively impact you and kind of prevent you from getting that <laughs> from position. ever doing that? Yeah. Um, and like I, I have to think it's, you, you know, going to your like Wizard of Oz theory, which it's funny yeah. because. And uh, I, I'm sure my my sister in law will give me crap for bringing her up again because I got I got told, hey, you talked about me again in one of our previous <laughs> episodes. But it's funny because when we were messaging about it, you were calling it your Wizard of Oz theory. And she did the same thing. Like <laughs> when we were talking a little bit about the episode the other day, uh, she was like, yeah, dude, don't look behind the curtain with the timekeepers. Yep. And yep. That's kind of been one of our theories was like there was something more going on with the timekeepers 
than mm-hmm. what we were just being told. Like I was thinking maybe they're not there. Uh, you had your man behind the curtain uh, theory. And we find out in this episode in a very spectacular fashion, very well shot, <laughs> beautifully uh, uh, choreographed. It's a gorgeous set too. Yeah. It looks like oh, one of those, those, what do you call it, like MC Echelon or whatever those paintings oh, the stairs wall. Yeah, the stairs yeah. wall, the different ways. The only problem I had uh, kind of with the timekeepers was you needed to have subtitles on to really understand what they were saying. Yeah, you really did. Uh, especially, the, especially the one who was like in the right corner of the triangle. The older the, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it was very garbled and and uh, too, they had it too mo- uh, like over modulated or modified. Yeah. You know what was super creepy? What's so that? Like if if you think about it in like a real way, or like you're in the dark or something with these creepy animatronics, oh, that the, the, the when, no when the head oh. is off of the the highest one, then the guy on the left is just like laughing like a oh, creeper. Yeah. Could you imagine <laughs> this like being in the dark? And there's these animatronics going down, and they're just laughing evilly, like super creepy. Well, if you if you want to go down that Night rabbit hole, <laughs> I would I would uh, recommend uh, uh, Willy's Wonderland with Nicolas Cage, uh, <laughs> as that's basically a Five Night at Freddy's with Nicolas Cage. Uh, but yeah, it was we we find out that these aren't the timekeepers. So who's doing the timekeeper job? Like right? Like right. we we don't know. Um, Again, like my theory is that it's it's potentially Kang. I think uh, so too. Work, especially with her being Ravana, and knowing that history between Kang and Ravana, uh, which then might be somewhat like maybe at the time when they brought Sylvie in, the Timekeepers were there, um, and yet then like maybe Kang like somehow maneuvers and does whatever with the Timekeepers, and that's how she gets into that position. Uh, because I have a feeling she knows who's behind things right now. Yeah, uh, I feel like she knows a lot. Right. And and it also goes back to that line from Loki where he's like, you know, no one who's ever truly good or is, you know, is good is ever truly good. Like there's there's something bad or nefarious behind there as well. Yeah. And so. I, I liked that because I wasn't expecting it. I was not expecting to see timekeepers maybe until the final episode. Mm-hmm. So I like that they explored it. And then I also like that they, that they showed us it was just sham in the same episode. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> I like that when we first see them though, you get, it's just enough to think maybe they're real. Yeah. With their eyes and like the glowing. Cause they don't, you don't get to see them a lot, a lot. Right. So when, when Sylvie and Loki are actually in there and we're actually getting like a good look at them, my initial thought was like, is that the CGI they're doing on them? Because they don't look real, you know, and, and then of course they're not real. But, you know, I think if we'd gotten that look at them from that first shot, it would have been like, eh. Kind of but, a, a, a ruin the reveal type yeah, of thing. Yeah, but it going along with that piece of it and, you know, fi- finding out that they're androids and stuff, I think really works. Um, Absolutely. It really did. Like it was because I think that, Maybe in any other normal show, especially if they don't do the mystery well enough. And I know I, I had kind of my complaints at the beginning about the mystery level. But mm-hmm. like I said, when I hit episode three and the reveal of like Sylvie and kind of some things clicking in my brain, I realized that maybe the writers were approaching the mystery in a different way. And in the in the way as of the Loki, like mischief and misdirection, mm-hmm. um, 
this has done it really well because it's it's actually changed everything. We thought it would be focusing on time hijinks and stuff like that, but it's <laughs> it's going to be something more like nefarious and something more complicated than just yeah. random divergent timelines. And mm. um, one of my theories kind of like we were kind of going back and forth with that maybe like Sylvie wasn't a variant. And maybe she was meant to actually be within the main timeline. Yeah, what if she through, was supposed to be? Through whatever means of of the TVA or the timekeepers, like, she was removed to then force uh, Loki, Loki, to be within the timeline. Like, there's so many different questions here, and I do feel like we'll get satisfactory answers. Yeah, and going off of that, that's another one of the questions I wrote down. I wrote down, I don't know if I believe that Ravana doesn't remember what Sylvie's Nexus oh, event yeah. was. I right. feel like she just said that to be cruel. Yeah. Because you might be able to, eh, she might not actually remember, but I don't believe it. I think she does know. And I think if it ties to, to your theory that maybe it, it was, like you said, like with Kang and somehow, and they thought, well, we can't have her as the Loki. We've got to have, you know, Tom Loki and, and, for whatever reason, maybe she was actually supposed to be the main line. Yeah, there, there's just like there's so much speculation and so much kind of weird and fun directions they can take this, depending on how uh, we approach those no, next two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really liked in this episode um, Owen's development as well uh, yeah. as Mobius. And uh, it, quick side note before we get into Owen stuff, I love that. When we did our Thor review, we were kind of lamenting over the fact that we've had lack of Lady Sif. And when we get Tom kind of thrown into the into the time loop prison, who of all people shows up but (laughs) Lady Sif? So it was it was a nice like little fun. And it's like, ha, that's kind of funny because we no thought, no inclination that she would show up in this uh, series at all. And but was that I, one of the um I'm sorry, cut you off. Was fine. that one of the myths? I can't remember yes, if it was actually it in the myths where he cuts off her hair. It is tied I, I saw it right before and if I can if it's still up on my phone I can quickly look at it. Um, it's one of those where it's like because you follow comics and stuff, but you know, like those those kind of get intertwined with the mythology, and I'm like, was that actually part of the mythology? I don't remember. So this isn't like in depth about it, but it says that the scene where Sif and Loki interact is based on Norse leg- legend, where Loki cuts off her hair. In the legends, this eventually puts Thor on a quest that leads to the creation of Mjolnir. Okay. So like, it's not it doesn't go into detail, but it is related to the Norse mythology, That's which it also is not too surprising. You know, yeah, right. That's like seems right up his alley. <laughs> um, but what I also really like is because it's it's working on that friendship again between Owen and Tom in the show, because, you know, it's going back and forth between that. Do I trust you? Do I not trust you? Mm-hmm. And Loki being more developed and more empathetic, like, yeah, I know I've screwed you over, but like the time variance is lying to you. And, you know, there is more to it than what's going on. And we also see that in the ramifications with B-15 and her kind of dealing with the events of episode three or episode two. And at first I'd forgotten that she was also enchanted. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we also like, oh, C-20 killed herself. And then it's like, 
especially when we get like into the meat and potatoes of the episode, it's like, I wonder if they killed her. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they did. Right. Cause like, especially when Owen's watching the recording and like Ravana just steps in camera and conveniently looks like, back looks at directly, the camera, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and shuts it down. It's like, okay. Uh, and then here we get hit with the, like the, the big you and I both reaction of <laughs> no, oh, and no, oh, and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he gets pruned and but he also brings up the fun point that you and I were like joking yeah. about where he's like, maybe I owned a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think given the teaser, the tag, do you think he's like on some plane with a bunch of other Owens? Somewhere, so, or do you think he's actually dead? Dead. So here's kind of my big, my big speculation. So I can be completely wrong. I could be right on the money. Um, I think that there is a timeline, or at least an Earth, that may have been like the first go at it with the timekeepers. Okay. And everything spiraled out of control and you know, is basically pure chaos. And so it's kind of shuttered off to itself and they kind of use it like Australia where it's like, that's where we send all so we send everybody and, and debtors and everything. So when someone gets pruned, I don't think that they're actually getting killed. I think they're being sent to that earth. Um, okay. Especially when we're, we know like multiverse of madness is coming out and, Obviously, this show and WandaVision and uh, potentially Spider-Man and um, obviously Doctor Strange are all dealing with that multiverse idea. So if there's like maybe because considering how the multiverse with Marvel works out like and and they do consider this the movie version of the 616, which is the mainline Marvel Comics universe as well, mm -hmm. that, that maybe that this Earth that. Uh, Loki is sent to at the end or well not really at the end but near the end uh, that we find out basically by that tag scene is like the prime earth where they they screwed everything up because <laughs> because when we see him there and arrive there like it's bad you yeah. know so it's a uh, landscape of waste Right. So I have kind of this theory that maybe this is where they just send all of those that they prune because then they don't if there's no way out of it and there's no timeline that they're going to affect, like they can go run and, and frolic and and Do die, whatever. you know, yeah. basically. Well, I would wonder. I just wonder, because if it's universe wide, I guess maybe they get sent to the planet that they're on or attached to or something, because you'd think, man, Earth would be certain, like really crowded. <laughs> Well, but also at the same time, like depending on if it's a dog eat dog world, like you got to yeah. imagine, you know, that there would be some vacancies here and there. Uh, <laughs> or like you said, maybe it's directly tied to the individual. It's an mm -hmm. earth where that individual because as we see in and this is the big, big, big spoiler. So if you for some reason were stupid enough to listen and I don't really mean stupid, but if you listen to <laughs> us so far talk about it, like. This is where you definitely need to cut out. Uh, so you have been warned. We get all the Lokis. We yeah. have, uh, as we looked them up on IMDb, we have uh, classic Loki, kid Loki, mm -hmm. boastful Loki, who I thought was a Thor. I um, did too. 
and we have crocodile Loki. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, which of course, classic Loki, like is, I, I love it. Cause it's, even though it's really crappy, it's like the classic original sixties costume for yeah. Loki. It's um, hilarious. And it's playing by play, being played by Richard E. Grant, which I think will be fantastic. Uh, I am so excited to see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, but let me ask you, um, when Tom got pruned, did you think he was dead? I thought maybe, but I was also curious because I know that they've already been greenlit for season two. Right. So I I was in that maybe it's real and I'll find out for sure next episode, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I was I was like half and half where I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is going to focus purely on Sylvie now, which I didn't have an issue with. Like I, she's got enough mystery to her that I wouldn't mind following through and, you know, discovering more things about her. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also I was like, I know that there's more scenes. Uh, yeah. Season two, I'm, I'm pretty sure is greenlit and, and like that that's going to be in the works. Cause I'm, I know I read that somewhere that they were looking at doing that. And Tom, as far as I know, has never expressed any, any like, want to leave the character. Right. Uh, so I was just like, well, okay, like whatever it is what it is. And then yeah. it got to that post credit scene or mid credit scene. I was like, ah, cause I had kind <laughs> of a theory. I had a thought and I never expressed it, but I did have a thought like, what if when they're getting pruned, they're not dead, yeah. you know? And then it's like, oh, okay. I'm very excited to see where that's going to go. And <laughs> What it's, is Crocodile Loki going to do? Well, he's probably going to eat things. Eat somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I would assume. Um, I, I will have no doubt that it will be voiced. <laughs> I will not That's be surprised. Hilarious. And it'll probably be voiced by, like, someone we know, too, like, as an actor. Like, oh. you know, they'll get some crazy, like, really well-known actor to voice him. I don't know. Uh, Part of me wants them to get an Australian. Like, have Chris <laughs> Hemsworth voice the crocodile yeah, but we already Loki. got Chris Hemsworth. Uh, yeah, but he's crocodile Loki. Yeah. Well, then, really then you need to get uh, Australian accent. Then you need to get like Paul Hogan, who was crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could work too. Just like, uh, really lean on it. But like, that's that's really the entire episode. Like, I know Pretty we much. didn't hit beat for beat, but like, those are the main things that really stick out for us. Well, one other thing I wrote down as a question. Did you catch it when he said vampires? Yes. So I was like, so we're kind of sprinkling a little bit for Blade, right? Blade and um, Morbius. Um, okay. Although I know, which is, it's stupid. I hate this struggle, this power struggle between Sony and Marvel. Like, I get it. Sony wants to kind of keep their hold on the Spider-Man IP. But like... I just look at and I and I get that, like, maybe Marvel is like we get the bigger cut out of like whatever profit sharing, but you get the distribution rights. I really don't like that. Sony is like trying to big time and be like, nah, we're going to do what we want to do with these other Spider-Man IPs and they're going to be in their own. Like, we don't want to. We want to connect them with the MCU, but we don't want to connect them with the MCU. And it's really annoying uh, considering we got like Venom 2 coming out here in, in October. 
Uh, and we have um, uh, Morbius coming out with Jared Leto. And like there are there's definite like imagery that ties it to Spider-Man and and maybe not specifically uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man, but it's really hard for them to create these villains that are tied specifically to Spider-Man and not have Spider-Man attached in those movies. And then we get Spider-Man over here and then Sony's like, well, we want to take Spider-Man from over here and put him over there. And then you guys can't use him anymore. And I, I, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I'm sitting there thinking about it. I don't know a good solution other than, I, I don't know, because at this point, Marvel has really proven itself yeah. Like really proven itself to the point where it's kind of like too bad, Sony. Like, yeah. Give yeah, them it, over. It's like, I mean, at this point, if you can keep the if you can keep like a partnership going. Right. Like, wouldn't you want to do it's that? It's more beneficial to you to yeah. do that. And especially if they say, hey, fine, any animated spider projects you want to do, like Spider-Verse, that's completely yours. Like, we won't yeah. step in that. You know, that's one thing. But You've got Venom and you've got Carnage coming in Venom 2. And these are these are very specifically tied Spider-Man villains that it's really and you want to do Craven, the hunter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're introducing all of these big Spider-Man bad guys, but you want to keep them in your old like Sam Raimi um, and then the Andrew yeah. Garfield Spider-Man universe. But it's not going to really work in my opinion. Um, and I just think that you need to keep these things together. Yeah. I mean, even if they decided to do a, like only Tom Holland, Spider-Man is part of the MCU, you know, and then this other person, whoever it will be, will be the Spider-Man for these movies. Even then, I don't know if that would have enough pull for me because I'm already really attached to Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And it's weird because when I think about it in terms of like, well, I like this Superman and I like this Superman and I can have both of them at the same time. I don't, I feel like the difference is mostly that like Sony by itself has not gotten live action Superman a hundred percent right for me Spider-Man. until we got Tom Holland. Oh, sorry, Spider-Man. Thank you. <laughs> they both start with an S. Yes. It's not gotten him a hundred percent until, until Tom Holland. Right. Whereas, you know, it's like, he's perfect. He's both. Right. It's like we talked about before. He he can do Peter Parker, and I believe it. And he's also quippy and Spider Man, and I believe it. And I feel like I really haven't gotten that from Sony, except for like the animated stuff. Right, and like I mean, the the Tobey Maguire Spider Mans, considering like that was all pre MCU, were yeah. fine. Like yeah. I I still enjoy them, and they're still fun. But like, yeah, he only encapsulated. Uh, like really Peter Parker and was a decent Spider-Man, but wasn't like a hundred percent Spider-Man. And then Andrew Garfield was like really good Spider-Man and not really great as Peter Parker. But then, yeah, Tom Holland comes in there and he's got that perfect balance. Mm -hmm. And I do think it has to deal with the age because like he's still believed, like you go back and even watch Tobey Maguire and those original ones. You don't believe he's a high schooler. Absolutely not. That's the Um, funny thing. Like, uh, you know that I'm rewatching Smallville right now and every character that comes in and they're like, I'm supposed to be a teenager. And I'm like, you look like you're 30. (laughs) (laughs) And that still goes on today, especially on the CW shows. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I get what you want to do, Sony, but like you really can't big time Marvel right now. 
No, in, in the in the movie sphere. You yeah, know? like with what credential do you think you're walking in there and you're gonna be like, I'm gonna walk into the CEO's office? Like, what? Especially, really? especially when you bailed on Andrew Garfield. Like, <laughs> he should have at least gotten his third film, and um, and that's why I kind of like when I when I want to see a live action Spider Verse, I want both Toby and Andrew in there, and I want Andrew to be the one to kind of like sacrifice himself as as an end to his character arc. Um, because I don't hate the Amazing Spider Man movies, not that yeah. we're reviewing those films, but uh, you know, they're just. It, it, it's just one of those things where it's like you you, you got to know your place and know what chips you have to bargain with. And you don't really have them when that comes into it. But uh, with what we got and that's kind of t- to, to bring it back around, like with Loki, it's really cool to see all those different iterations of Loki. And mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see if maybe we might see some different iterations of other mainline characters because they don't necessarily have to get the same actors right uh so like can we see like a fat tony stark or something you know (laughs) or or you know because i know we got what if coming in august but it's like what what else can we explore in in this world you know yeah yeah Uh, that'd be really interesting so there's a lot I know we only have two episodes left, but like it doesn't feel like that kind of that that bore that we had with Falcon and Winter Soldier where we're like, well, you introduced this and then you introduced this and then you introduced this and now you've got this and how are you going to wrap this up and what are you doing with this and and how we felt so like unsatisfied by that final episode. I think even so much so um, that it was more. widespread that people were uh, kind of like upset with what they did with Sharon Carter, that they're, they're even walking kind of back what they did with her uh, in America (laughs) for. So it's like, you guys didn't really plan what you wanted to plan there. Like what we give credit for WandaVision and with Loki is that impact Mm -hmm. on the MCU, the connections we directly see that are going to lead into Dr. Strange. Well, and to have impact on phase four, because I felt like I don't know if it was like an interview or something that I saw or read, but I felt like one of the problems that Feige had had with having Marvel shows versus the movies. Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that he didn't like uh, what's his name and, and I feel and I feel like Feige kind of like is just like kind of similar to us, like an OCD control freak. Like if this yeah. is my creation, I kind of want to have more control over it, but that he wanted shows like this to be able to fill out the spaces in between, like I said, fill out the ribs um, in between the big movies. And like, he has an idea and a purpose like of what they're supposed to do. You know, like you just said, like WandaVision and Loki are like really filling out those spaces and really are going to have an impact on the entirety of phase four, where I'm sure that you'll be able to see the movies and still enjoy phase four. If you don't want to watch these, but these are something that you can enjoy in between And it like keeps it going, you know, and I feel like when you have a show that's just kind of not really connected, people are going to hate me. But it's kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was connected at first until it was like very officially not connected. But (laughs) but it's kind of like it's off on its own thing. and It's kind of all over here doing stuff and it's not really going to impact anything else that's going to happen. And you can enjoy it and really like those characters. But sadly, they're not going to be part of, you know, the 616. Right. And 
like I think part again part of the problem that fell with Falcon and Winter Soldier was announcing Captain America four afterwards. Like if you had right. if you had Cap four announced prior to even maybe filming because I mean they announced like Falcon and Winter Soldier early as one of the first like batch of mm-hmm. MCU shows, and if we had been told like hey Captain America four it's in development. Then that would have told me, okay, writers who were working on Falcon and Winter Soldier would be working on Captain America 4, that what happens in Falcon and Winter Soldier, like you said, it's not necessarily going to be like 100% important that if you miss it, you won't mm-hmm. you won't know what's going on. Right. But it would be good filler story and understanding for like how did Sam transition from Falcon into Winter – or into winter soldier into captain america <laughs> and and where he might bucky? transfer into winter soldier <laughs> uh but then where, like where bucky is at with his own like because i think that that's what they did better was uh getting bucky's mental health in a better place yes, that was really good and, and and like i don't hate like sam's struggle with wanting to be cap and becoming cap but like the impact overall just felt like there was none yeah, it felt like too self-contained yeah, it really felt like you could skip it, and yeah. it, it it's not going to affect anything whatsoever. And I still feel like, like you just said, you know, they really screwed over Sharon Carter. Yes, yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. So there's not much else to say about this particular episode of Loki, except this is probably out of so far the four episodes. This is probably my favorite episode. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead and rate it a five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going <laughs> to land on a five as well, because even though there are those like little tiny things that like annoy me and you brought it up earlier, it was like we they fixed everything like they fixed all those yeah. all those reset devices and everything. But I guess like maybe as long as they mobilize their entire, you know, army or whatever, Mercy. I guess they can easily fix it. Well, quote unquote, easily well, uh, fix it. It's- Sorry, it's one of the yeah. things I just thought of that, like, when a show proves itself to a certain point, you you're you can give it a gimme. Yeah. It's kind of like, like I like I said in one of the episodes last week, I've been watching the new Superman and Lois show, and it's so good. And the only gimme in it is really it's hilarious that when people like see him as Clark versus when they see Superman and they don't recognize him. It's so <laughs> dumb. You're like, oh, my gosh, that kind of looks like Clark, don't you think? But you know, it's the one trope that it's like, because everything else is so good, I can give it to you. I don't right. care. It's fine. You know, and it's like, whatever. So this is kind of like that for me. The show's been so good. Yeah. OK, I can give it to you that you've taken care of all of that, even though it kind of looked like it was a big deal. Yeah. But yeah. but I guess you've taken care of it and I give that to you. Right. It's it's as long as you don't like try to rely on that too much where you're like, right. oh, big crisis here. And never really address it again. Big crisis here. Never really address it there. You know, right. as as long as this is the only time they do it. Now, my big wonder, because what from what I understand, so I could have this completely wrong. Kang is not supposed to make his official appearance until Ant-Man and Wasp and Quantum, Quantum whatever. Media, yeah. Um, but I have to wonder if we're going to get a glimpse of him by episode six. Yeah. Which one, which one is that? Let me try and pull. Cause I know we, like we said, we have black widow, um, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Eternals, and then um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. No way home. So uh, is, then I think Batman? it's 
Doc Strange and then Ant-Man, but I'm not 100% sure. Let me, I'm on my computer real quick. Marvel Phase 4. Let's just go to the wiki. I'm sure that's (laughs) got all the perfect information and totally in order. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, and then Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania 2023. Oof. So it's got... It's well, got now ways to go. I'm I'm wondering, is this going to be one of those where he's not going to officially be a character officially official until that? But it's going to be like a Thanos thing. He's going to be in little glimpses and bits. That's kind of my wonder. Like, I mean, I don't necessarily need to see him in like a bit do a big like James Bond villain speech. But yeah. as long as I get to see see him a little bit. You know, yeah. that's that's yeah. all I need. Just confirmation. Like it could yeah. be the final frame, much like right. an Avengers where like <laughs> when when, you know, the the major domo is, is telling him to like court court or the, the Avengers is the court death. And well, then you I get that like, grin. The Rogue One trailer or whatever, when like the final frame, you get like two seconds of Darth Vader and some breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just as long as as long as they address it, because it's this. This show particularly is so tied to Kang yeah. that it's like to not address it would be very egregious. Well, and I feel like they've already done it well with Thanos, like building yeah. him up. That's like, look what you did there. Just do that. <laughs> and and I think that is the, like is the plan, you know. Yeah. Um, and especially because what will be what will be a nice like throwback to it is. Loki, in his defense, complaining about the Avengers doing time travel and, you know, Ravana's response. Well, that's what it was. That's what they were supposed to do. But what if everything that's coming out of this is because Kang is trying or Kang is pissed that they screwed up with the timeline? Like it worked out. But who knows, like by them doing this, what is happening later down? Because, like, as far as we know, Doc Strange only looked to get past Thanos, right? Like, right. we don't know if he went any further than that. So maybe what they're doing or what they did is going to cause this great, great big calamity, which in my opinion, that's your perfect way to introduce Galactus because they overcome Kang and they prevent Kang from doing whatever Kang wants to do. And therefore that's where you bring in Galactus as this kind of big final third act villain for the MCU. So uh, I I'm just really excited. Like I <laughs> loved this episode and I, I I think I sent it to you like, well, that was an episode was like my yeah, response like first thing. Yeah. And then you, you're like your three messages. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you literally described my reaction. Yeah, I messaged while I was watching. And of course, the first thing was, oh, and no. <laughs> and then like a few minutes later, it was Loki. No. <laughs> and then a few minutes after that, it was Loki. Yes. <laughs> 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 it was it was perfect because I'm just like, yeah, that's that, that was pretty much how I felt. So, uh, yeah, because I really want to see Owen like I want to see him more. Um, yeah. You know, it, it will be really sad if that's if that's all we have of him. I know, uh, he's such a likable actor. I've, I've loved him in almost everything I've seen him in. Yeah. And, and well, and his character in this like is is enjoyable. And, yeah. and you know, 
the that friendship, like it's a, that friendship between him and Loki, I think is just as important as uh, mainline Loki's relationship with Thor is by by uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it very much models that where it's someone he can quip back and forth with and also someone who will call him out on his bullshit, um, especially like when they're doing the whole interrogation back and forth about Sylvie. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah. you fell for yourself. You seismic narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I and feel yet, like in that situation, you either fall for yourself or you hate yourself yeah. like you can't stand it. Right. And. And uh, so, yeah, there it's just like it would be a shame if this was the last episode of him. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take it, I guess, it, it, you know, as long as the next two episodes are are living up to what these first four have established. But right. uh, I guess we'll Light find a candle out. for Mobius. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't have any other thoughts uh, no, to really go it. about. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this very wacky <laughs> review structure uh, for this one because we knew if we'd go beat by beat, like it just it 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 wouldn't work right, especially when there's really three main big things that happen in this episode. Yeah. So we'd rather wanted to talk about those three things uh, and then some ancillary stuff and speculate where these next two episodes are taking us. So, all right, well that's uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So thank you for listening and. Uh, if you are not following the podcast on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Critics NT Cynics. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. Uh, you can write into the podcast with your thoughts on Loki or speculations on Loki and where it's going uh, at Critics Not Cynics at gmail.com. And you can listen uh, to the podcast on basically every podcasting service on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Amazon Music, Google Play, Audible, just about wherever you can get your podcasts. And as always, if you leave us a rate and review, uh, we'd appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next time. (laughs) Seriously? You. Sif. You conniving, craven, pathetic worm. You did this. What? I hope you know you deserve to be alone, and you always will be. All right. A bad memory prison? How quaint.